Father God, we thank you for Linda and we thank you for the way that you have been speaking to him. And Lord, we trust as he comes to speak to us now that you will speak through him. God, give us soft hearts to hear what it is that you have to say to us, Lord God, and don't let us walk away from here without tackling what it is that you want us to tackle as a result of these words, Lord. Amen. Hello. Hi. Um, it's great to be here. I, um, I want to share a little bit of my story um, today, how I came to be here, what God's done in my life, and um, also look at one of the Old Testament characters, who's one of my favorite, who I, um, as I was reflecting on my story, on my journey, uh, this Old Testament character, Joseph, just really helped me realize what God does in our lives, how he works in our lives. And I think when we understand, when we set our expectations based on, you know, the patterns that God's shown us in the Bible, it's hugely valuable. I was really amazed to hear, um, was it Mike who was up here earlier? And John, um, what you guys were saying, because it's exactly what I'm, I'm talking about today, that kind of uh, going on that journey with God. And, you know, the number of times I've, I've looked in my life and thought, how is this going to work out? And when Mike was saying about his house, you know, how's it going to work out? And then you find yourself stood on the other side of that, and it's all worked out. And, you, you know, and I think that's what I really, this is a spoiler alert, that is what I'm going to say. Um, because uh, I just... God has proven himself to me in my life in that regard. That's the, that's the you know, one area I know God has been faithful time and time again. He's able to get me where he needs to be, move the mountains, get them out of the way. So that's what I want to share with you today. So I'm going to begin with a little bit of my story, and then we'll get on to Joseph and um, see how that goes. So I'm from round here, as you can probably tell from my accent. Uh, I grew up in the church. Um, who grew up in a church and who's new? Okay. Um, so, yeah, a few of you grew up in church. And uh, I grew up in church. And you, you go on your own journey when, when that's the case. And um, as I was reaching, um, so the church I was from, it, it um, started as um, a home group in my dad's house. My dad started a church. And I saw God move in a big way in, in that environment uh, back in the 80s. And... Um, I don't know, you just get that imp- an, a certain idea of, of God when he moves. In. We had 120 people at one point meeting in uh, our house, like in a house group. It was pretty, like, full-on amazing times. And, and I got to know God who was capable of moving in big ways. And um, I think uh, as I went forward, I started to realize I really, wanted, uh, I really wanted to work for God. I really wanted to be in the church, and that was the calling God was putting on my life. So praying about it, but there's a lot of obstacles in the way. Um, Eventually started to feel like I wanted to go to Bible college. I thought, that's going to be a good thing to do. And more and more, that idea kept coming to me, go to Bible college. I felt like God was putting on my heart. I didn't really want to move away from home, which is a bit of an issue because I don't have a Bible college at my home. Um, And I was looking, and I was, you know, how's this going to work out? I didn't know what to do. And I'd never, when I went to uni, I stayed at home, commuted every day because I was just like, home, that's good enough for me, I don't need to go. Um, and off I went, uh, and I was thinking about, you know, how's this going to work out? And, you know, sometimes God needs to make a change in our hearts, doesn't he? And um, one day this guy came to my dad's church, and he's from Perth in uh, Western Australia, and he had some prophetic words for me about, you know, that what God was going to do in my life. But then he said to me, 
you should come to Perth in Western Australia and come to Bible college over there. And I was like, yeah, I totally should. You know, and I don't know where that came from because I had zero desire to go um, away from home. But within probably six months, I was like, all right, Sam, we need to get married because I need you to come with me. <laughs> Not doing this on my own. So um, that wasn't the only reason I married her. I just <laughs> probably uh, we'd been together a while. And uh, so we decided we we're going to go. Now, there were so many obstacles in the way for this, which I didn't really realize. I had that kind of young adult confidence that, um, that everything's going to work out. And I hadn't really realized, because when I went to uni, it was back when you used to get a grant. And so they paid me to go to uni, which I thought was a good investment for them. Um, <laughs> didn't have had the money's worth. Um, but, uh, you know, if you go to a, a foreign university in another country, uh, you have to pay to go. Um, and I hadn't really thought about that. Um, so anyway, a bill was on its way to me through the mail but that I didn't really realize. And, um, you know, it turns out that year I was going to need a lot of money. But I was oblivious to this fact. And uh, I came home one day, opened my door, and um, someone had got, like, an envelope, stuffed a load of cash into it, like thousands, into this uh, envelope and, and put it through my door with, uh, like, God would like you to have this. And so I came in, picked up this envelope, said, God would like you to have this, and it's just money everywhere. It was amazing. Um, and then I was like, oh, what's this for, you know, speedboat maybe or whatever. And then <laughs> this bill um, turns up, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. So that was that paid for. And the reason I'm sharing this is because God really affirmed to me through that time that this was the path I was going on. You know, as we went to, to uni, it was just such an, uh, sorry, to Bible college, such an amazing time. Uh, we were, before we got there, we were given probably £10,000 that year, which, which we needed to make it happen to get married. Just such, to see God move circumstances around was amazing. And uh, Bible college itself was a, a brilliant experience. It just felt like I was learning so much in another country, another form of church. It was fantastic. So we were really excited, you know. You know, you kind of got that big build-up. Where are we going? What, you know, God's really affirmed what we're doing. Where are we going in life? You know, what, what's next? And we felt like God was saying, come back, come back uh, to England. Well, we felt like the uh, Australian government was saying that as well because your visa's only for two years. But um, we actually felt like that was where we were supposed to be. And so we came back and uh, working um, for the, my family church, um, had some, you know, we knew we need to be there. We had some good successes, but as time went on, kind of became, I'm sharing my heart here, okay? So it kind of became obvious to us that this wasn't the best fit for us, that where we wanted to go, where the church was. But every time we prayed about it, it just felt like God was saying, stay here. And I didn't really feel like we were doing anything. I felt like we were capable of so much, you know, like, it had been an amazing experience how we got there and God had moved mountains to get us there. And yet, I just felt like, uh, you know, as the years went by, and it, you know, there a couple of years, three years, four years, I'm like, God, what's going on? What happened? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't really feel like the, the doors were opening up. And that was a frustrating time for us. But every time we prayed, it felt like God was saying, stay here. Five years go by, six years. And I began to really go through a time where I was really despairing. I didn't know where I was going. I st- if I'm honest, I felt like God had set us up with this big, exciting, uh, you know, like affirmation, and then just left us on the shelf. And it was a, a just, 
didn't know what to do, where to go. Nothing was really happening. We were just, you know, trying to be as faithful as we could. But um, it was a very difficult time for us. And in the middle of this time, I'm like, oh, I'd known such, you know, such amazing stuff. And I felt like nothing was happening. I was praying and praying, where we're going, what we're doing. And in the middle of this time, when I was really at the end of my tether, I had a dream, right? And it was a, it was a dream from God. It wasn't one of the normal kind of crazy dreams where your teeth fall out or whatever. I don't know if you have those dreams. Or you've like, for me, it's always that I haven't prepared enough. I probably had a dream last night about this that I haven't prepared enough. Um, but it wasn't one of those dreams. It was a dream. Um, and in the dream, the thing that I knew, the reason why I knew uh, this was a dream from God is because I, ha- I had a feeling in the dream, a really, really intense feeling. It was almost like euphoric. It was a feeling of being in God's plan, being in the right place at the right time, that sense of purpose, that sense of meaning around your life. Do you know what I mean by meaning? Like that sense of your life is for something, God is behind it, he's in it and doing something. And I felt that feeling was in contrast to how I felt. It was like the exact opposite of how I felt in my everyday life. It was like that feeling was here and I felt down there. It was like Oh, the feeling was so amazing. It was like water to a, like a dying person. You know, like it was so intense. And I was like, I've got to get that. That sense of purpose, that sense of being in God's, you know, I'm listening. Where's this dream going? And so the rest of the dream involved a few, you know, like details. Uh, I won't go into all the details, but um, there was a, a sense of the dream of having um, known somebody in Romania which I'd, I'd never even been to Romania. And then there was a sense of uh, being in Australia. I was like, okay, we'll see how. So at the time, I'd just got the name of somebody um, in Romania because we, were, as a youth group, we were thinking about doing um, like a, a mission trip to Romania. So, and I'd got hold of the name, and this was the guy who was in the dream. And in the dream, I knew him. I was like, that's weird. So anyway, we went on our mission trip. And... Um, as we were there, we kind of realized, okay, I think God's calling us to be here for a while. So we've got that, like, assurance that you're in, the, you know, that you're in the right place. I'd had a dream, you know. I knew I was supposed to be there. And we had an amazing time there. Um, the, it was a church plant, and they'd just started maybe, you know, kind of a couple of months before we got there. But they'd had some really hard times. They'd, you know, they'd started off with about 50 people, and they'd hired this auditorium that seated about 200 people, and they were down to like 12 people. It was pretty tough times. Um, and as we arrived, and it was just God putting things in the right you know, place at the right time. God knows what he's doing. And we didn't do anything but just turning up and saying, we're here, we're for you, we want to be part, and we'll you know, commit ourselves. It just started to change around. And as that year went on, we you know, got to see this church plant firsthand. It was amazing. But basically... I, you know, I was his right-hand man, just, you know, helped him through this situation. And within, within a year, the, you know, when we left, there was about 60 people there. It was just an amazing. It wasn't down to us. It was down to God's, God knows where to put people at the right time, doesn't he? You know, God know, God's timing is, is perfect, although it doesn't always feel perfect. So, from there, I knew I was going to Australia. And... Um, we we'd sort of thought, well, maybe, we, you know, church plant, that's what God's just prepared us for. Let's go forward with this. And I had a friend over there who uh, was the uh, the head of a, a denomination over there. And he was dead keen on uh, starting up 
um, on, on doing church plants on this denomination, growing more and more churches. That was his role. And so he was very keen. So he said, yeah, come on over. Uh, come and be part of this. We'll start a church. We'll do a, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we got our permanent residency. It was really good. God was really in it. Like we had our permanent residency within six months. So I was excited. So I just want to give you the, you know, this is the build-up. This is like when my wife tells a story. It starts about a week ago and then you get to the point. Um, you know, God had really... You know, I'd been waiting, waiting, waiting. Come on, God, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? I don't know if you've ever had that in your life. When's it going to happen? I've been faithful. I've, you know, I'll, I'll move when you say. I'll do what you say. And, and we got there, and it was like, it's finally happening. Here we are. You know, I'm going to do a church plant in Australia. I had a dream, so I know it's, for, you know, I know it's right. I know I'm supposed to be here. And as we got there, we started to do this. We were looking at doing a church plant. We had a team. But the first thing they had us do so they, uh, they had another church as part of this network, and the pastor quit the day we arrived. And they said, oh, you know, can you go and sort of interim there? Can you do that job? And I was like, oh, I don't know. That doesn't sound exactly like what we had in mind, but, you know, they, we talked about it. But the thing was, this church had had 150 people in it a couple of years ago, and now it was down to 30 people. The people who were there were just hanging on to support the pastor, it was like the last, you know, the faithful few. And they were, you know, they wanted to leave, but they're like, no, we won't leave until, until the pastor leaves. Then the pastor left. So everybody wanted to leave. So we got our church planting team, and they said, can you go do this? And um, as we started to do it, it became obvious that this was not, you know, going to go very well. And bit by bit, every week, we had to farewell somebody um, from this service. And they said, look, what we want to do as a church... We want to get all our assets, all our, uh, all our people, and we'll invest it in your church plant. Um, you know, we're excited about that. That, you know, gives us a passion. We don't want to do this anymore. We want to do that. And so we all said, great, great, great. Well, you know, awesome. This could work out. So we went back to the church leadership and, uh, of this denomination and said, no, you're not doing that. So that's kind of a, a tough position to be in when you've told, when everybody said, we don't want to do this anymore. We want to do that. And no, nah, you've got to carry on. So... This wasn't beginning to look like what I had in mind at all. It was pretty, pretty tough times. Um, bit by bit, it became obvious that this was not going to go the way I thought it was. Week after week, we, uh, you know, we, we farewelled people at this service. And then eventually we got to do our church plant. But by then, the church planting team was so bitter against the church leadership and, um, you know, worn out and fed up. Nobody, nobody wanted to do it. And um, so, from my point of view, I, I'd gone over there and we'd done this, but it wasn't working out. And I knew, I'd, I took some consultation and people were, you know, my friends, my, the leaders I was uh, having as mentors said to me, look, you need to get out of the situation. So, it's a toxic situation. It's not good. Now, I cannot begin to tell you how small and deflated I felt at that point. You know, I'd moved my family, on a dream, to the other side of the country. I didn't have a job, didn't have a career, didn't have a house, didn't have any assets. I've just got a, you know, just got a small daughter. Uh, we're two at that time. We were just, the youngest one had just been born. And I'm thinking, my life has come to absolutely nothing. I was, I, I was doing gardening. Uh, just, you know, I couldn't, couldn't face going back into the church and, and doing anything. And, um... Yeah, it was a pretty low time. 
Um, I wonder if you've ever been there. I wonder if in your life, on your journey, in your job, in your marriage, have you, you've done what you thought to be right, you've had that word from God, and it didn't go the way you thought. That's quite a challenging place to be in, right? You know, we have this idea of how it's going to work out, and when it doesn't, then that can be quite challenging for our faith. We're not finishing here. There is a, an ending to this story. But I want to look now at the life of Joseph. Because during this time, when I felt like I had nothing, and my family had nothing, um, I started to try and piece it all together. And the one place that I found made sense of it all was when I started to look at the, the Old Testament characters, the patriarchs in the Bible. Um, and Joseph in particular. So, do you want to just go to the next slide? Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. (laughs) Um, Joseph had a dream and I'd had a dream. He's got that, you know, when I look at this, this is a man who has got some direction from God. And what I began to see is, because I had this thing, right? I looked at my life and I thought, if I was to assess how following God had gone for me, how being patient, how waiting and trying to do everything right, and there I was on the other side of the world, away from my family with nothing, if I was to assess at that point how I thought following God had gone, what do you think my conclusion would have been? It hasn't gone all that well. You know, if, if we were to look at it, I would think, this wasn't a great plan. Why did I do this? And I was having to answer those questions. And constantly looking at it. And then I started to look in the, in the, the Bible at the story of, um, of Joseph. <laughs> the thing I love about the story of Joseph. So sometimes we, um, we say, you know, people look at the story of Joseph and they say, oh, he's, an, he's obviously an arrogant little twerp, Joseph, going around parading himself in front of his brothers and stuff like that. You know, and that's how we make sense of this story. You know, he should have been more humble. Uh, he was prideful and God needed to... Because you know what happens, right? He tells his brothers he gets thrown in a pit, sold into slavery. Then next news, uh, he's a slave. But then he climbs to the top of, the, uh, of his master's house. and Not the physical house, just the, the running of the house. And, uh, and then he ends up in prison. Oh, he's got this life of like going well and down. And then eventually he ends up as um, prime minister of Egypt. That's the very quick version of the story. And I thought about, you know, this. God gave Joseph a dream. And that dream directly pertains to his brothers and his family. Right? That's all all who it was about. In this dream, they were bowing down to him. Well, their sheaths of corn were bowing down to his sheaths of corn. Dreams are weird. Um, And and in that dream, you know, he goes, all right, what's he going to do with that? And a lot of people say, oh, he shouldn't have told him or whatever. But I think, I look at that and say, there's a young man. God gives him a dream. He'd be excited about that dream. He, it directly relates to him and his brothers. He tells his brothers about it. I don't think that's his fault. I think that's just life. And there he is. So instead of his brothers bowing down to him, they put him in a pit and he's looking up at them. You know, that's the very next thing that happens. What was your thought at that point? God gave me a dream. I told everybody about the dream. Now I'm in a pit. You know, that's a pretty um, kind of, you know... That's a pretty full-on 
where, you know, like when we think God gives us something, you see, and this is the thing I had in my mind, when God, you know, started to bless my life, when God opened the door and gave me visions, I just assumed things would naturally progress bit by bit, you know, one step at a time, getting better, more opportunities would come. And I didn't see it in, in this, the, the way that, you know, Joseph's life worked out. I started to realize that Joseph's life, you know, he, God has him exactly where he wants him to be, the prime minister of Egypt, just like that. He doesn't need this sense of progress. He doesn't need everything to work out. He doesn't need all the little, um, you know, first of all, I move to Egypt, and then, you know, I start working in the House of Commons, and, you know, all that kind of thing. He doesn't need that to work out, because when God has a plan, God's plan exists outside of your life. It exists outside of the circumstances of your world, and our life lines up with that plan if we, if we remain faithful. And I want to encourage you as an individual, as a church, and uh, you know, in, the, in your work, in your marriage, if we remain faithful, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to look um, you know, like it's happening all the time. But as we go on our journey, if we keep faithful, if we remain faithful, we keep looking to God, He will bring His plans to pass. He doesn't need it all to look exactly as it's going. So I'll carry on my story. So as I was in the, um, I was doing the gardening, and um, it's funny really because I'd kind of said, oh, I'm not doing that church stuff anymore. Well, not that church stuff, but I was really like, I couldn't, didn't feel like I could lead. I was still at church. Um, I didn't feel like I could be any kind of, in any kind of leadership in the church. And um, there I was in um, doing this gardening for a, a Christian church organization. It just so happened that I ended up in, in charge of the team there. And the team who I was in charge of was full of young guys who were Christians. So, and my, part of my role, it turned out, was to kind of mentor them and to steer them towards God and to be that person. So even though I kind of tried to escape it, there I was, found myself. It was basically just youth group all over again. I was youth leader for this, these cats. Uh, these gardening guys, except now we had chainsaws, which was a lot more fun than regular <laughs> youth groups. Um, and uh, God knew what he was doing. He just kept moving me back towards where he wanted to, me to be. And eventually, uh, through this time, I started to feel like, okay, I could do something else. I was really re-examining my faith, rebuilding the, you know, because I'd had these ideas. We have these ideas called tacit beliefs. They sort of, they, these beliefs are below the level of our regular beliefs. You say them out loud, you know they're not true, but a tacit belief is like, everybody's basically good, you know, and then you go and you build the rest of your decisions on life based on everybody's basically good. And then if you say, is everybody basically good? It's like, well, no, not everybody's like that. But we have these kind of beliefs in our life. And I think I had a belief that if you do the right thing, if you, you know, if you pray and you're faithful to God, everything will automatically work out for you. That's how I felt about it. Now, when you say it out loud, we know that's not the case. You can look at anybody in the Bible and that's not the case. But we have these beliefs uh, about how it's going to work out, like deep inside somewhere. They're, they're, they're below the normal level of beliefs. And we act according to that. And then when these beliefs are challenged and things don't, work out automatically. You know, I'll do all the right things, my marriage will work out. I'll do all the right things, church will work out. I'll do, you know, 
And when they don't automatically work, it, uh, everything starts to crumble because it's all glued together with that. And that's what was happening to me. And I think, you know, even when we begin to interpret the, the life of Joseph, we want, it's easier for us to think, oh, he, he was thrown into the pit because, his, um, you know, because he was arrogant and, and you know, that had to be worked out of him and stuff like that, and that, that was happened. It's not easy to think he just got thrown into a pit because his brothers were jealous. And things just went wrong in my life because that happens sometimes. And sometimes things go wrong in church. Sometimes things go wrong in marriages. And that just happens. But God works above all of that. God works above all of that. All all the circumstances. And that's my favorite bit of this story. Do you want to just go to the next slide? It's when uh, Joseph says to his brothers, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You know, that's, um, the story of Joseph is an amazing story. Like, read it. It's about 13 chapters long. It's a huge part of Genesis. Incredible story. And at the end of it, all of Egypt's been saved from famine. All his brothers and sisters have been saved from famine. He's right at the top. It's amazing. And um, he gets there, and it's as if... When you read the story, I always read it as in God made him get thrown in the pit. This happened and that happened, but actually he just gets thrown in a pit. He just finds himself in these desperate circumstances and he rises to the top because of God's blessing. But God doesn't throw him in a pit. You know, it's his brothers who throw him in a pit. Um, my favorite way of like sort of understanding this, in, uh, there's a really difficult passage in, in the, the New Testament. That when um, the disciples bring someone who's been born blind to Jesus, and they say to him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of what he did? Was it his sin, or was it his father's sin? It's like, what's the mechanism here that's happening? And we're trying, it's those tacit beliefs. Why, you know, why is this happening to him? What's the, you know, how is God making this man blind? And Jesus responds and said, uh, basically, you're looking in the wrong place. This man wasn't born blind to demonstrate. That's not how it good, um, God is revealed. The goodness of God is revealed. The goodness of God is revealed when I bring order back into that chaos, when I bring healing back into that brokenness. And so then he goes and heals him. And I think it's a little bit like that with our lives. Sometimes I find myself asking all these questions. What are you trying to teach me, God? Why am I here? What's going on? And actually, it, that's the chaos of life that I'm experiencing. And God brings order into that. Regardless of the circumstances, all these things which were intended to harm, God uses for good. So I want to bring that as an encouragement to you, an encouragement in your life, encouragement in your work, encouragement wherever you find yourself. All these things happen, but God works it together for good. So just to conclude with my story, um, I found myself taking a job with the Salvation Army. Um, I was there for a few years. And bit by bit, God built me back up into that role. I started off doing case management in schools, and then eventually I was leading the young adults, and then eventually I was in the leadership of the church. Uh, you know, I hadn't seen that coming when I took the job. Um, but bit by bit, God built that back up. And let me tell you, those years that I spent there have been by far the most um, fruitful ministry of my life, the sense of purpose, the sense of being in the right place that I'd had in that dream. It was all there. God didn't need to move me along on a, you know, bit by bit. He was capable of just getting me there outside of my circumstances. And 
we built this youth and young adults uh, ministry there. And uh, there's uh, some changes in the Salvation Army Church at the moment. And one of the, the things is the, they kind of decided to make the church that we had a flagship church for the, you know, as a, like a model for the rest of the, um, you know, the Salvation Army. And then they, they announced just recently that they're taking the youth and the young adults of that church and they're going to focus the whole um, of that church's efforts on the youth and the, the young adults model. And that's testimony to what God accomplished through that time in our lives. You know, it, it didn't do anything. It wasn't, you know, it was just us being in the right place, that God knows what he's doing. When you look at the, the life of Joseph, you know, he finds himself in the right place at the right time and he's the right man for the job. And during that time, God blessed us, blessed our work, so much so that it's now like the standard for the Salvation Army in, in Australia. God knows what he's doing. God knows how to get us where we need to be. It doesn't need to look like it's happening all along the way. And sometimes it just looks completely the opposite, like me when I'm gardening in the middle of Australia in the heat. It didn't look anything like that was happening. Sometimes church doesn't look anything like it's supposed to do, but we have a vision and we know what God's called us to do. And sometimes your life, your marriage, your work might not look exactly like it's supposed to do, but God doesn't need it to do that to get it to where he needs to be. He operates outside regardless of our circumstances. So that's my testimony to you. I hope that's useful to you. I hope you can hear my heart in that. I wanted to share how I came to be here, but I also wanted to share what God's done in my life So, um, and, and encourage you. Don't lose heart. It was so amazing to hear what you guys were saying earlier, you know, John and, and Mike, about the, you know, those circumstances you found yourself in. You kept going. It's brilliant. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, Keep looking to God. Find out, know what he wants you to do and, and keep going with that. Shall we pray? Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the, uh, the testimonies that you put in the Bible. The lives of uh, the Old Testament characters and we've looked at them all in this series. And I thank you, Father, that you teach us so much about who you are and your faithfulness. Father, I pray that we will remember to look at that. We will remember um, your goodness in our lives. I pray that you will give us vision for all the different areas of our lives, that we will be in touch with you, we will know what it is you want from us. And that as we go through the ups and downs and the journeys, you will help us not to lose heart, not to assess our circumstances, but to keep going. To know that it's you who brings about your will regardless of the circumstances. What was intended for harm, you know how to bring about for good. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen.